previously on Tales of Asperon. Um, Internally, I know that as a hero, I need to get in a solid two hours of brooding on the roof looking out over the city. But you climb up onto the roof and sit down to brood. Um, are you? I don't sit, I stand. You, all right, you stand to brood. Um, you can feel the, <gasps> the kind of cool wind coming off the lake at your back. When you start to look a little deeper, um, you like see a light flicker in a window and you're like, robbery. And then you see someone turn around a creature uh, like a street corner and you're like, thief. Beneath his notice, a figure stands in the darkness of a nearby alley. On a plane that Tedward's eyes could not dream of being able to see, we see a very different creature. In this place, its form stands nearly a dozen feet tall, comprised of looming and writhing shadow, its form absorbing the light and thoughts that comprise the buildings around it. Can you roll me a wisdom save? Looking off, you feel another wind at your back from the lake, just right at the back of your ear. You just hear, What the fuck? What do you do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around and look at what the, the whispering is, obviously. <laughs> oh god, I crit failed! <laughs> another catch for the master of Whispering Lake. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's light on rules and high on storytelling. Now, what does that mean? We sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone that we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then, we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all, I mean, seriously, I absolutely love this, is that I almost never have any idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Maybe you convince an imaginary friend to join your cause. This is the finale of our arc, so I'm not even going to try to guess what might happen this week. Because I ain't tempting that. Fates aside, let's roll the dice and find out. Together. recap where we last left off. Um, the four of you took some time to rest and prepare for your next dive into the dream world. This time, Rose decided to come along and she enlisted some help from the mayor's personal guard to keep you safe while you dive into the dream realm to figure out what kind of monster has been plaguing this town. Um, based on Rose's notes, you have an idea that it's this kind of pseudo frog demon called a Hydroloth, that she has previously dealt with, but as far as she knows, it was imprisoned away. And the episode ended with the four of you standing inside of this small bunker on the mayor's compound with the doors closing behind you, kind of sealing you all in. At the moment, the four of you, along with Rose, stand in this small chamber, maybe 20 by 20, roughly 10 feet high ceiling. 
um, in here with you is Commander Gravesford, along with two other of the city's guard. And outside, you are told there's a few that are also stationed. The four of you now stand inside this small bunker chamber on the mayor's compound. The room is 20 by 20. And Alea, you are seated on the floor preparing the next serving of Dream Tea for you and your four other companions. Okay. Uh, have I rolled yet if I did that successfully? <laughs> um, we didn't make you roll for it. Okay. Because that was part of your like level up process. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, how close is it to being done? Um, within a minute or two, you should be fine. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to let everyone know that it's almost done. So what's the plan for who takes this and who doesn't take this? I think we're all taking it this time. Yeah? Yeah. Just chugging it. Straight chugging it. So the city it. guard's going to protect our bodies. This has become a, a mission to hunt rather than simple exploration. Sounds like a James Bond movie. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, then I'm the going to prepare then the five cups. Rose is coming too. Oh, Rose is coming. All right. And one thimble for two berry. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Can I? Where's Wait, Tuberry? Does Tuberry have a soul? Who had Tuberry last? Tuberry's think... alive, man. What the? What the last time we saw Tuberry, if I remember correctly, I think I um, had... Tedward had Tuberry because oh. he was drunk. Oh no, Alea tucked him in afterwards. Oh, okay, so then Alea. Yeah. Happened. All right. So probably just sleeping in my pocket. I'm assuming. Can yeah. I, can I ch- you fish him out by his okay. little tiny stem. He's okay. His little arms and feet are wriggling. His eyes are big and he's like looking around. Oh. I love him. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to get all the glasses prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, what else? <laughs> I don't know what okay. else to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the reins. <laughs> so you take these glasses and hand them out to everyone one by one. Tedward, Thurbash, Haley, um, Rose. And do you prepare a thimble for Tuberry? Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know. We'll see if it oh, works. Yeah. We'll see if it works. Tuberry with thimble. We can't just have them alone. I'm a butt. Let me grab my dice. Can someone jog my memory? Did yeah. two of us lost those memories, right? <laughs> Can someone jog my memory? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you lost memory, and I lost memory, and Haley lost memory as well. But Haley got. I got my back. back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have nothing but positive things for whatever we're going after. So, you hand out these cups of tea to everyone. You pour a thimble for Tuberry. We'll see what happens with that. And one by one, each of you takes a full dose of this tea again. Can I get a wisdom save from everyone? Yeah. <laughs> I crit failed. All right. You crit? Oh, no. 11. I guess that means I pour the tea on the ground and snort Ooh. it like cocaine. <laughs> I got a six. Six. Okay. 18. Um, so last time, all of you passed my DC for this. This time, two of you didn't. So those of you who succeeded, that would be Alea and Thurbash. You sip this tea, you know, slowly, little bit after little bit, and the tea starts to take the form of those memories again, the things that were troubling you before. Um, Alea, I'm pretty sure it was, if I remember correctly, some kind of crown. For Thurbash, I'm pretty sure it was a little boat that kept tipping over on water like yeah. over and over again. And this kind of relaxing motion of the tea, of the fumes, drifts you off to sleep. And both of you awaken again in this dream space. Everything around you is made of this kind of ethereal, roiling light. It's tones of blue and white and things of that sort. 
Haley, when you drink this tea, what is something that you think about? Um, I guess what I'd be thinking about is how I'm not sure if I want this thing to be hurt and that I only know that it took bad things away. So you think it might be helpful? Yes. Essentially. From that, is there any fears that you have about it? Uh, one that I'm wrong and one that I'm right and I can't help it. Um, so you're, you sip this tea and maybe it's because you're nervous. You drink a little more than you intended or a little faster than you intended. And you start to spiral. Um, you're thinking about what could potentially happen and your brain settles on you and your allies doing combat with some kind of monster. It doesn't necessarily have a shape or a form because you've never seen it before. Um, maybe it even resembles the dragon that you all fought together. And you feel yourself tumbling in this ethereal space and you land in this field. Um, the grass beneath your feet is kind of soft and wet and all of you are doing battle with this dragon, but it's crying for help. Um, what do you do? I attempt to speak to it in Draconic. What do you say? Asking it what I can do. What do you need? Roll me a wisdom save again. Okay. Uh, failure, critically. Oof. Okay. Um, the dragon looks over to you, and in this kind of muffled speech, almost as if you're underwater, um, it's asking you to help free it, help escape. And you do. Um, you start doing battle with your own allies, and we fade away to Tedward. Tedward, as you took a drink from this tea, what crossed your mind? Oh, boy. Um... I was kind of worried that the city guard protecting us probably don't know how to fight ghosts. And this just occurred to me. Okay. As I'm drinking the tea, that's about to put me unconscious. And that thought, as you close your eyes and feel yourself low off to sleep, that thought overwhelms you. And you're tumbling for a brief moment in this kind of, again, this ethereal floating sense. And you plop hard on the stones. And around you, all the city guard are dead. And the four of your allies lie unconscious and vulnerable inside this little chamber. And the ghosts are coming in, and there's so many of them. What do you do? Tedward's probably going to just do what he did before. Is He only really knows how to run at things like a bus with no brakes. Okay. Um, and you wade into the fray of all these ghosts. Can you roll me another wisdom save? Okay. Hold on. Lickety-clack. Uh, four. <laughs> And like Haley, you become enraptured with this this vision, this experience. Like a bad dream, it overtakes you. And you start fighting these creatures and fending them off very well. Um, and with a montage of terror grabbing ghosts by the face and slamming their heads together and lifting one up in the air and smashing it over your knee, we cut to Alaya and Thurbash. You two stand now alone in this chamber. Um, your allies have not appeared just yet. At your feet, each of you see this spectral kind of form of your own body. And at the center of your chest, that hole, that missing thing that you can't quite put your finger on is still there. What do you do? Um, most important is to bury there. <laughs> Roll me a perception check. <laughs> uh, 22. Oh, no. Mm. Tuberry also rolled a natural one. He is not here no! yet. <laughs> I don't even want to know what kind of nightmare this berry is experiencing. Oh my god, it's okay, okay. He's dreaming of being eaten. 
Because he's food, but he's not. <laughs> oh no, we shouldn't have done it. So he's having a bad trip. <laughs> Wait a minute, um, but he's he's a plant. He's not a food like if he was a berry. A, if he was bread, we brought to life. But the berries are like part of a plant. They're not just like we eat them, but that's not what they are. But he's probably seen another person eating fruit. Fair enough. <laughs> oh no. Two berries uh, okay. currently have an existential crisis. Oh no. Okay. In a weird, um, trippy nightmare. I guess. Uh, uh, we're so we're in the the. What's the dream, word I'm looking for? Dream world, dreamland. Yeah, but like it's the place that we were in. The, yeah, the the mayor, the small little compound. Yeah, yeah, okay. Compound, twenty by twenty right. stone room. Ahead of you, there's a pair of ethereal wooden doors, kind of sealing off the space. Uh, and we're missing two people, three people. Did Riz Rose here? Rose has not appeared yet either. So bad trip. Oh my gosh! Oh no! Oh no! What, what what should we do? They're they're all missing. What do we? Oh no. We should wait. Okay. Um. We're in a, we're in a safe space right now. The whatever the that thing she described won't probably find us here. We can hope. Uh, can I can I just make a kind of around around the area? Make sure nothing's lurking anywhere in the shadows. Yeah. Roll me an investigation check. Oh gosh, six. Um, you don't seem to find anything anything strange as you're making your way through the room. This place or this kind of plane of existence that you're on, it's constantly roiling a little. So like every surface, everything has this kind of ambient movement to it, and you're kind of making your way around the room, checking behind you know the pillars that support this space, the brickwork, looking for anything strange. You suddenly bump into someone as Rose materializes in this space. And from thin air, you watch her features are slowly made of this ethereal flame. And she clonks right into you and you both fall down to the floor. And can you roll me an insight check? Who? Um, Alea. 15? When she, you, you both kind of hit the floor and you make eye contact with her. And across her face, you can see distress and fear. And then it kind of starts to settle down and you get sadness a little. And as you realize this, you hear her go, Oh, that that was a bad trip. Are you alright? Yeah, I think I'll be alright. What what happened to you? Um, roll me a persuasion check. I just got this to be Oh, okay. It doesn't matter that I have plus six. Uh I got a nine. Uh well I got I rolled very low. Um <gasps> She, her eyes, like, deflects her eyes to the side again, and she goes, I was losing him again, over and over. Um, I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder and try to be, like, that silent comfort. When, is that the noise you make? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just imagining Alea putting a hand on Rose's shoulder and just going, We're keeping that. <laughs> um, roll me, do me a favor, roll me a d4. A d4, okay. Yeah. A two? Remember that number for later. Okay. When you put your hand on her shoulder, you get a mixture of like pride and security, like an emotion that just rebounds into your hand while you're touching her armor. And you notice where your hand is, there's a 
gash on her shoulder where there's just no flame, no ethereal kind of energy. And when you touch it, it just feels cold. Similar to the boat with all the bits of it missing, similar to all the pieces in town that had been grabbed, similar to the holes that are currently in your own bodies. Hmm. Okay. So we're missing uh, still a lot of the party. Um, we were thinking to wait to see if they pop up like you did, but... Uh... Uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't want to lose them all on the way. Good. All right. We shall wait. And we cut back to Haley. Um, Haley, once again, you're reliving the kind of memory, the experience of the fight with the Beast of Whiteleaf, but you're fighting all of your allies along with this creature. What would you like to do? I don't really want to fight with them. I want to just stand in the way. Okay, like you're trying to mitigate. Um, yeah. Roll me a wisdom save. Ten this time. Ten. Okay. So you step in between a charging, screaming Tedward who's sprinting towards this dragon. Behind you, the dragon is wounded and hurt. And it's like begging you to hurt them, to protect it. And as you're standing between them, something in the back of your mind just goes, this isn't how it happened. It's definitely not how it... And before you could finish that thought, it feels like your consciousness is ripped backwards and you go tumbling through this kind of floaty, ethereal space again, and you appear inside the dream version of the mayor's compound. Around you is Alea, Rose, and Thurbash. It seems like you found your center in this awful situation. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Glad to see that you made it. Hmm. It's a weird trip, man. Uh, does, is he missing any kind of spectral light, spectral lights? Nope. Okay. As you look him over, we cut to Tedward. Tedward, you're in this chamber fighting off all of these ghosts. Um, you've handled a couple, but they just keep coming. What do you do? Uh, what is around me? Can I do like a perception check? Yeah, roll me one. Okay, nine. Nine. Um, so looking around, you see each of your allies unconscious on the floor. Um, Rose, Alea, Thurbash, and Hele. Um, there's ectoplasm all over the floors and the walls and the pillars and more ghosts are just coming through. But when you turn around, you see one hovering over Rose. You see another emerge from the floor and like this wispy spectral hand is reaching for Alea. Okay, hmm. I'm gonna, can I like try to break free? Is there any, is there any notion I have that this is not real or? Um, that I like make another roll me, an, throw, roll me an insight or... check. Oh boy, all these wisdom based checks. Yep. Eight. Okay. Um, looking around, you don't necessarily notice anything strange or <laughs> weird. It's almost no, it's... like you're reliving the same memory in a different place. Can you roll me a wisdom saving throw? Uh, okay, 14. That's 14. not too bad. Okay. Um, as this ghostly hand is reaching for Alea, you remember how you handed it last time. When you reach forward to take a swing at one of the ghosts attacking your allies, your fist goes right through. And you remember, wait a minute, those lights around your hand, you could touch them, you could hurt them. And with that single realization, 
everything in the room starts to dissolve around you and you're ripped backwards. You feel your conscious tumbling and rolling. How do you want to make your entrance into the room? Hmm. <laughs> Tedward just lands on his feet, but already squatting like he's mounting a horse. <laughs> and he's just just appears, slams into the ground in squat position. And you can hear two pops as his knees accommodate that shock um, in a way that he will regret when he's 70. And before he gets here, you hear... And you look in that direction and you see a figure starting to form mid-slide across the stone floor of this place. And the familiar form of Tedward is starting to be materialized out of this ethereal energy. Can I... Actually, you don't even need perception for this. But all of you notice something weird and different. As he slides into place, all of you are made of this kind of blue, roiling, ethereal light. And Tedward is too but not entirely. All across his body, there are scars that look like claw marks from a monster, stab wounds from a sword, and even a lightning bolt that goes across his chest. Uh, All of it is made. Not my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) You also live in a cupboard, but all of it is made of that same gold energy that you saw launch into the sky. From your perspective, it looks like Parts of Tedward had been ripped apart and played, replaced with something else. What? Are you okay? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, you feel great. I mean, according according to Tedward's point of view, he just won a fight with like a hundred ghosts. And it's just more validation to his theory that violence is the answer. How would the book over-exaggerate that? It would probably just up the number of ghosts and say that like death itself was there. As you're thinking of this, you guys watch as a new scar appears across Tedward's chest that looks like a slice wound. And as you you watch this section of his chest get spun from blue to this weave of gold as like a new scar appears across Tedward. He giggles a little bit. (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) Oh, God. Are did that hurt? Did what hurt? That! And I'm gonna motion across my chest, like mimicking, like really quickly. I don't even know what you're talking about. Are you asking me? You're asking me if it hurt when I grew chest hair? I would also like to know the answer to that, but that is not no. what I'm focused on right now. Well, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I guess if it doesn't hurt, it's... Not a problem. Cool. What are we doing? Well, Alea, we're all here. Are we? Should we go? Uh, yes. Wait, wait. Where's Tuberry? He hasn't shown up yet. <gasps> no, we can't leave. <laughs> Why did you give him the tea? <laughs> I thought he would just join us. Look, no offense, uh, darling, but I don't think, I don't think we should. Waste time waiting around for your little berry friend. Worst comes to worst, when we finally wake up, we can just shake him awake. We've just doomed him to like an hour of torment. <laughs> okay. Two berries is a strong soul. He can survive. Can I take it. out like a like a paper, like a piece of paper and some? I want to say a pen, but that's not 
did there okay, yeah, yeah it's something to write with okay um i'm just gonna leave a little note in case he does pop up in here to just hang out in this room okay um you take the time to kind of scribble his note and like bend the paper and place it on the floor so it's right by the door um and ahead of you rose walks forward and puts her hand on the spectral door and she's oh this is uh this is weird and gives it a push her hand sinks into it and the door slowly opens and ahead of you you can see a spectral writhing version of whispering lake in the distance about 200 feet from the edge of this bunker and she looks over her shoulder to all of you and goes so that uh that trail you were following, where did it uh, where did it run cold? There was a trail in towards the center of town, but then all the lights and craziness happened, and we were pretty frightened, so we weren't able to follow it all the way. All right. Um, do you remember the last place where you left it? Maybe. DM, we do. You did describe a place, but I don't know if any of us saw it. Yeah, there was a little sign that was above the building. Yeah, like, it was like a flower shop, but I don't remember. If... Yeah, it was Havard's Hardware. Yeah, so, but I don't, I don't remember if any of the characters saw it because we were all focused on the the large pillar of light in the. Yeah, hmm. I'm gonna say you did just to make this simple, um, so we're not wasting time running around for something we've already done. Okay. You communicate this to Rose, and she goes. I have a pretty uh, general idea where that is. Um, come on, let's go check it out. Um, and she steps out of the compound and starts to make her way into town. What do y'all do? Follow? Yeah, I'll go over there. Already? I'm going to follow from the back, but like while we're walking, I'm going to try and press to digitate um, the symbol of the thousand branches just on my hand just to make sure that it works. Yeah, you reach down. What does the symbol look like again? It's supposed to be like a little, like a tree, like a canopy kind of? Yeah, it's a large circle with a tree in the center. And then there's a couple of like diagonal lines off the off the top center. Yeah. I um, have an actual picture, but it, no, that's I, fine. the so, symbol's on my hand. I'm trying to just make it operate on my hand for the duration of an hour with Prestidigitate press to make sure that it works. As the five of you make your way across the lawn and towards the gates, you kind of make this symbol appear in your hand with, you know, a simple word and a gesture, and it appears. Your magic seems to be working here. <sighs> Let out a, a very large sigh and just try and follow the rest of the group. Okay. You kind of quick up the pace and jog up to the rest of the group as we fade away. Rose slowly weaves through town and eventually leads you all back to the spot you left. Hybrid's hardware. Around you, you're, so you're on a wide street on each side, there are buildings and there are occasional scratches where this ethereal energy is just gone. And before you, that small flower bud drained of all of its essence. The sign hanging above the door as well also drained. Uh, I'm going to be looking up into trees or on top of a roof or something. <laughs> okay, roll me a perception check. She's not having another dragon in the tree. 18? Um, with an 18. So you look around into the sky. You don't see anything super high. Along the rooftops, nothing catches your eye and or in shadow or maybe something that shouldn't be there. This place just seems quiet. And while you're scanning along the buildings, you see there's one building where the whole first floor has been drained of its essence. It's just 
plain drab wood. Um, but the top floor is still intact. It's still made of this ethereal energy. And you see something bright and vibrant in the window, like peeking in your direction. And then it quickly ducks down up on the second floor. Uh, I'm going to uh, motion to, for everyone to, to look at what I just saw. And I'm going to go forward, trying to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everyone, and then I'm going to go inside. Inside the house? Yeah. Okay. Um, or knock. So you, I'm going to first knock and then okay. go in. Um, so you walk up to this bottom. You guys see Alea point to a building and just kind of jog over. Um, as far as you can tell. Unless, you know what? Roll perception checks. Hey, everybody. 11. 19. Uh, it is a 10. 10? Okay. Haley, what'd you roll? 10. 10. Okay. So walking up. You see Alea stand forward and knock on this door. And looking at the building, all three of you see the small glowing head of what looks to be some kind of an animal, like peeking down over the ledge. And above its head floating in the air is a dream catcher, like suspended from the window. And it's like peering at you. It doesn't seem to notice that all of you had noticed it. It's on the balcony, you said? It's up, sitting on the windowsill inside the building. Oh, okay, okay. Like peering down at all of you. I'm going in. Okay. Um, I knocked, so that was the nice thing. Now I'm going in. <laughs> so you reach down and grab the handle and just roll me a charisma check. 19. 19. So when you touch the handle of the door, you feel this sense of like safety and security push back against you. And you just think, I need to go in here. And as you turn the handle, you can feel it resisting you, but you overcome that sensation and the door opens. It's a small home. Ahead of you, there's a staircase that leads up to the second floor. And then there's like a living room and a small kitchen in the back. Hello? Anyone home? <laughs> um, you hear across the hardwood floor, you hear above you. Oh, that's horrifying. And then silence. And then you hear a voice go. Go away! Uh, can I, uh, no? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go towards the voice. Um, so you make your way up the stairs towards it, and the stairway kind of rounds around. There's three rooms, and the you could hear the voice had come from the doorway at the end of the hall, which would be at the front of the building. And you climb up and wrap around the staircase, and beneath this uh, ethereal door, you can see a small shadow moving, and it goes... No, 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 go. No, you're you're not allowed here. Um. Who told you you can come in here? I mean, I knocked. I I, <laughs> I just wanted to check in with you, whoever you are. You're not welcome here. I mean, that's rude. Roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> um, ten. No, it's not. <laughs> I so mean... do all of you follow? What are you all doing on the street? Yeah, are we standing outside? Haley would have kind of hesitantly followed in, okay. trying to figure out what's happening. Slowly worked my way in. Okay, so Alea, as you're talking to this thing, you can hear the footsteps coming up the stairs behind you. And you hear this, like you hear that quick skittering again on the other side of the door. And it goes, don't, don't you come in here. I'm gonna come in I'm there. I'm prepared. I am prepared. 
I don't want to hurt you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open the door. I bet it's two, Barry. Roll me a charisma <laughs> check. Charisma? Yeah. yeah, I bet he doesn't want you coming because he's naked and he just realized it now. <laughs> oh, I got a ten. I don't have ten. any clothes. Um, you do the same thing. You reach out and touch the door, and you feel that sense of safety and security again. And it pushes against you, and you push against it, and then you feel like another will push up against yours. And you hear the voice on the other side go, I told you, you're not allowed in here. I just want to talk. What's going on? Um, great question. Are you working with that monster? What monster? What monster? The big one outside. Does it look like we're working with some big monster? Are you just barge into a stranger's house? Maybe. I mean... <laughs> it's very right. Have, is, is he, you have a is point. He wrong? You have a point. Is he wrong? <laughs> but, to be fair, we're here to, to hunt a monster. Roll me another persuasion check. <laughs> oh wait, that was religion. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> a nine! <laughs> oh. um, your hand's against the door and you give it a little push again as you say that. And it goes, mm -mm, mm -mm. you're not coming in here. You're not welcome. Can we at least speak? Can we talk? We are speaking. What is your name? There's more of you. This is a sassy <laughs> door. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Hello? I don't give out names around here. Names have power. What about um, a, name's Edward. a name that is not your name? Um... Hmm. Snarfogargan. Can Did you, you just spell make that, that up on the spot? No, no, that's that's my real name. It, is it? Insight check, everybody. <laughs> Insight check. <laughs> I got a. I rolled a two. I know that's his real name. That's <laughs> its real name. Well, uh, Sir Snarfogargan, if I'm pronouncing that right, <laughs> we we mean you no harm. We are nice people. Did we see what kind of animal it was from the window? Uh, no. It looked fuzzy. I'm just picturing a ferret. I'm gonna right, real, real talk, how the hell did you do that? Is it a what? ferret? <laughs> oh my god. Yo. You're I magic. Just, I don't know. You're fucking I was, magic. I was, I was just like, this sounds like a ferret. <laughs> I'm gonna cast press the digitation and make a small non-magical trinket in my hand and it's going to be a small uh like blue uh flower like really tiny and i'm just gonna put it at the like the bottom of the doorway like where the door meets like the crack as you put it at the door um roll me a persuasion check with advantage oh boy and charisma is my best stat oh that's bad Oh, that's even worse. Okay, so it is a total of 10. My highest roll was a 6. Uh, that passes. Yep. Um, wow. I rolled a 3 on its insight. Mm -hmm. So you put the flower down right at the crack of the door, and you immediately hear, like, and, like, scratching. And you see a tiny little clawed hand reach out and grab the flower and pull it under. And you hear, like, quiet munching sounds. Uh, you, you shouldn't have, oh, well, no matter. Um, see, we, we are friendly. All right, step back. Uh, I step back? Yeah, take a couple steps back. You're not allowed in the room. 
you see at the crack of the door a small furry creature like <laughs> weasels its way under the crack and slowly <laughs> pops out and you see this like two and a half foot long ferret and across its body are these like lines of kind of glowing like purple energy he goes so you're not with the monster oh there is a lot of you no sir no um i'm gonna bend down so i can get eye level you know make eye contact what are you doing here i live here always uh as long as i can remember does he still have the dream catcher he does not you did see it in the window though hmm sir snarful garber snarful gargan snor sir snarful garben good recovery there um, <laughs> what 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 are you that's rude well i'm not very well knowledged and i like learning things i'm a guardian of this room specifically this room oh. <laughs> yes is there someone else when... in the room that you're guarding you see all of its fur stand on it and it goes no insight Roll me insight <laughs> 21! 21. Um, you get the idea that it does not like the idea of you going in that room because there's something in there you should not be near. Okay. It's protecting something or someone. Mr. Snarful Gerbergen, um, can I ask, uh, are you inherently magic? I, you see it's brow furrow. Yes, yeah, yeah. very magic. The most magic you'd ever have. Insight, please. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not even going to give it to you. Weasel. The way he, the way that this creature said that, it believes it. Look, Look you're obviously not, not with that monster because if you were, I'd be dead. I protect this room because that's my job. You're not allowed in. Well, uh, uh, we're not allowed in. Can I ask why this room is important? Because it's important to the girl that made me. Okay. Holy cow, is this somebody's imaginary friend? I was about to say, it sounds like it's- I'm not imaginary! Don't you dare say that. I'm real. Uh, Mr. Snarfle- Snarf- Snarf- Can I call you Sir Snarfle? That would be easier. Call me Fulfimer. I don't know if that's better. Fulfimer? <laughs> Fulfimer. Fulfimer. Thank you. He, he got it right. The fuzzy one. Fulfimer. Look, what do you need? In my, what are you doing in my house? Uh, as I said earlier, we're trying to hunt this monster. So if you could give us any information that you've uh, witnessed as the guardian of this area, it would be very helpful. Hmm. All right, if I help you find this monster, will you promise to not come back here? Uh, yeah. I look around the group. Question mark? No. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna cast suggestion. Holy shit. Okay. Oh no. I'm going to suggest to this weird guardian ferret that we have agreed to his terms, but his terms have changed, and we are able to visit back here at any point. What's the save? The save is a wisdom saving throw. What's the DC? Uh, DC is a 14. 
Its eyes narrow at you. I trust the rest of you, but I don't trust him. And it points at him. <laughs> don't think I didn't feel that. It was worth a shot? You just burned up all the goodwill that little snack gave me. It was going to disappear within an hour anyways. Um... Yeah, we're coming back here. I don't really care. We're not? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, shoot. Burf, burf, burf. Sir. Yes. We don't mean any harm to you or anyone or anything in that room. We're simply here to make sure that this monster does no more damage. Hmm. Would you like to help us? I wouldn't mind having that thing not around again. I can go steal more snacks. Yeah. Uh, can I give him a ration? Do I have rations in the dream world? Yeah. I would like to do that. What kind? What's the ration? Um... I don't, uh, like a, like a piece of bread and an apple or something. Um, you put the bread out and he kind of like scoffs at it. But when you put the apple out, he immediately grabs it and just starts like chewing up, chewing it up. And he goes, all right, we have a deal. The power of apples. Yes. I hope you find him. Find it, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, where's Rose in all of this? Um, she is downstairs, like you take a peek down the staircase and you see her standing below kind of holding her hammer, just keeping a lookout. She still seems a little shaken from her trip. So she's like extra on guard around all of you. How's it going up there? We have a new ally. All right. Be nice to him, please. I mean, if he's nice to us, I don't see why I couldn't be nice to him. Okay. Shall we move onwards? Is there any other, is there anyone else like you in the town? There used to be. Oh, gosh. That thing has been gobbling them all up. Oh, no. Okay, then we should get a move on. All right. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the Mineral. Thanks for hanging around, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. So, one thing I want to get on the table, this is something that AV consistently does in all of my D&D campaigns, but she calls my stuff before we get there. She's actually magic. I'm pretty sure of it. And if I vanish after the end of this episode, it is her doing. Anyway, I think I found my new favorite NPC. Yeah, you heard me. Tuberry is taking a backseat for now. Don't tell anyone, though. Our Hello My Name Is production is still floating around, and Gilbing could always use your help, especially in these trying times when all of these imaginary friends are getting eaten. In this session, we introduced... Oh, man. Snarfogarg and Fulfimer, who is dreamt up by Susanna from the Thornvale podcast. Thanks, Susanna. If you want to name an NPC or learn more about the show, check us out at www.toapodcast.com. I pick them basically at random from the list, unless one is extra crazy like hers was. You can also find us on Twitter at Tales of Esperon, and we also have a Facebook group you can check out. There are no cross-promotions this week, but if you have your own tabletop podcast or know of a show that could use some support, feel free to reach out on Twitter and we'll work something out. We release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on January 31st. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, It like scurries through the railing and just kind of climbs onto the banister and goes all the way down the stairs and hops onto the floor and goes outside of the house. Um, And as you guys... I guess you all follow. Yeah. Yep. You all follow it um, outside of the building. It looks up to the house. 
It just kind of mutters something under its breath. Um, what's your passive perceptions? 15. Okay. 12. 12. Is passive perception just without modifiers? Or? Uh, it's going to be 10 plus whatever your perception score is. Okay, so it's 9. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Alaya, you hear it speak under its breath. Eyes of Spectra, please ward this place. Long gone. And you watch the the kind of vibrant purple streaks of energy along its back, like lift off into the air and sink into the side of the house around a window. And it glows with this kind of purple flash for a moment. Hmm. That should keep her safe. Come on. He starts smelling. Thankfully, I know what that sucker smells like. He's been passing my house every night this week. What would you all like to do? How Quite big is lucky this to survive. Oh, lucky to survive because I haven't really left the house. I've been really hungry. I would like to give him another apple. He takes it gleefully um, and starts to scurry down the street, following these like scratch marks where there's ethereal like light missing from stuff. What would you all like to do? A better question. What's the marching order? Literally follow the weasel. <laughs> What's the marching order? I'll go first. I'm beefy. I will go next. Hey, it'll be next. I'll take back. And Rose and, will be where Rose, Rose will be. can be behind me or Rose can be in front. Of me. Yeah, Rose will be behind you. So the four of you make your way forward following this ferret, who seems to be pretty stealthy, aside from the fact that it's glowing. How do you all proceed? I'm going to say try to be stealthy. <laughs> Cautious. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Everyone except Tedward, I guess. Roll a stealth check. Yeah. Behind Tedward. <laughs> Do it so, like, if someone confronts us, all of a sudden you all jump out from behind me. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Yo, I actually did good. 18. 18. Ten. Very large. What'd you roll, Haley? Five. Five. Oof. Okay. So as you guys make your way through town, following the kind of weaving trail of this little ferret, as he's, like eating the apple and leaving like chunks of apple skin behind and like just kind of goes up to a next print where there's a theory of light missing. He sniffs it um, and continues to weave deeper and deeper into town. You guys cut through alleys and you notice um, as you guys weave closer and closer to the market district, you notice that the buildings are have lost more and more of their light, like this ethereal energy that makes everything up. And eventually, this little ferret stops in an alleyway and he goes, oh, smells really strong here. Um, I think he's somewhere in there. And he kind of motions out of this alleyway where all of you are hiding behind him. As the ferret says this, he goes, we should probably be quiet. He tucks his tail and is embarrassed. I... Change absolutely nothing about my posture or way that I am walking. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not very comfortable going much further. Um, if you look ahead, it looks like it ate mostly everything here. And as the creature says this, you look ahead of you and you see that the whole row of shops and buildings lining this next piece of the market along this road have all lost their ethereal light. Everything is dim, even the road, even like the sidewalks, the lamps that light the streets. Every single facet of everything here has lost its light. It's probably not good. How big did you say this thing was? Um, he was tall enough to peek in that window where I live. Oh, okay. 
Uh, um, yeah, he's gotten he's real big. Every time I see him, he's a little bigger. So he is hard to miss. Uh, I would say so, probably. All right, uh, sir, Fluffler, do you uh, have any suggestions as to uh, combat the larger? Beastie thing. Hide? No, no, I want to fight, not hide. I mean, I haven't tried to fight it. It's eaten all of my friends, so... Oh. That's has, so sad! Has, has no one tried to fight it? I don't know if I can. I mean, I've seen some from my window. The Dreamcatcher has been keeping it back. When, when the others fought, did they use anything special, or... As, as far as you could tell. Hmm. You know, one of my friends, now that I think about it, they were this really big kind of vibrant butterfly. It kind of glue with this like extra light. I guess their kid really liked lights, but the monster didn't like that. Lights. I mean, it, it, it ate my friend really fast, but it like hesitated before it did. Are we about to get eaten? That is very good to know. 100%. I think this thing only eats imaginary weasels. But aren't we imaginary weasels in this world? Like, we're, we're not, not weasels. But we're not. Don't, don't break Tedward's head. You're don't going too far. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So sorry. I don't know if I should be offended. Weasels are a lot cooler than you folk. They probably are. Okay. All right, can I go home? I'm starting to get a little uh, nervous. And you can see their fur is standing up and they're like looking back and forth. I shouldn't be gone from home for so long. Yes, you can You can go. Right, guys? Uh, you can use the extra hand to help. Wait, Bite. one more, a few more questions. Yeah? Ah, uh, there's only one of this thing? The big guy? The big thing? Yeah. 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 I've only seen one. All right, All right cool. That's it. Um, Alea, it kind of like sidles up to you and goes, you have another apple. I'll give him a third ration of apples. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. So <laughs> it take quickly takes the apple and like scurries off, like down the alleyway, turns the street. All of our stuff is with us. <laughs> if we survive this, we might need to buy uh, some more dream apples. It's gonna be a good question, actually. Uh, yes. Um. Okay. So. So. Oh, go ahead. So there's only one of them. And we came here to kill it, right? Yes. Can I do a perception check? Are there more garbage cans around? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I want to oh, pick up a no. garbage can. <laughs> I pick up a garbage can and I throw it through a window. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> immediately jumps through the window to get into a hiding spot. All right, roll me a stealth check. I... Uh, no. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> Is there an opposite of a stealth check? Well, Haley wants to roll a stealth check. We're getting that ah, done first. Okay. 12. 12. Alea? I got, I got an 18 again. <laughs> Yo! Thurbash, what are you doing? Uh, I feel like Thurbash would be kind of caught and not have time to hide. Okay. Um, Rose as well. All right. So next to you, you're in an alleyway. You pick up some of these kind of spectral trash stands. And when you grab them, they feel lighter than you expect. And you just kind of step out into the road and hurl it at the nearest building. And roll me an athletics check. 
Yeah, that's like a 22. Holy shit. Yeah, you chucked this trash can right through the window. It sounds like someone dropped a glass on the floor, but it keeps echoing on itself and it reverberates down the street. And then a moment passes and you're not sure if you necessarily hurt, like notice anything. And then you feel the ground beneath your feet. What do you all do? Oh boy. Um, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to stand there and wait for my destiny. (laughs) In the middle of the road? Yeah, why not? I'm going to move at least 20 feet back and bring out my packed weapon. All right. Uh, I'm going to just take out my my shovel uh, thing. What is it called? Shovel. Spade. Quarter staff shovel. Okay. Um, You hear behind you, Rose snaps open a button, and you can see she's got her hammer at the ready, and she has drawn her crossbow, and she's, like, leaning against the wall in the corner of the alley. Have we discussed how to fight this? Nope. Okay. Tedward just do. Oh, God. So a minute passes. Nothing. You hear a cat. Twice. What do you want? Oh. First a minute passes, and you hear nothing. See nothing. Can everyone roll me a perception check? Good boy. Five. Oof. Golden rings. Um, 21. Nice. Is that a crit? Nine. No, it's a Nine as well. Okay. Um, none of you see it, but Haley, you notice something. You're kind of peeking out of the alleyway down the street. You see a building that is covered in light. And then you watch as all that light is quickly drained from the top. You just watch it slowly fade away. And you notice down at street level, there's this kind of reeling, hunched over shadow. It's maybe 10 feet tall. Um, and it looks like it's attached itself to the building. What do you guys do? Nice. I lean out of cover wherever I'm hidden. Kind of. Get attention of whoever's close to me, point to it, and then go back to cover. Okay. Um, so after Haley points this out, all of you can kind of see maybe a couple hundred feet down the road. This thing has attached itself to another building and is kind of absorbing its essence. What does it look like? From this distance, it's just a large, like, hunched over shadow. Um, Tedward, you see it too after noticing them point. Figured he'd have a hat or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that thing. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have noticed any of you yet. How? Tedward is groping for another trash can without taking his eyes off the phone. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God. Calmly put that down. I don't want to. Tedward picks up the trash can and you hear cans and like bits of trash just shake around. And you see down at the end of the road in maybe a brief glimpse of horror the monster stops moving and slowly turns itself towards you. All of you begin to hear these kind of muted whispers as its gaze just looks towards you. And you see this big bulbous creature made of roiling shadow. Its feet are large and clawed. Its hands are also long and clawed, but its arms are kind of like freakishly long. Across its face, you can see a big pair of yellow eyes. Um, And Tedward, they look immediately at you. Didn't you say it was a frog? Yeah, it's like a big squat. That's not a frog. (laughs) Just describe Satan. 
<laughs> Tedward walked into this all confident, thinking he was going to punt a frog. <laughs> For a brief moment, a little bit of fear washes over you as you realize this thing is much more than a frog right now. That's at least three frogs. It's 12 That's... feet tall, and its eyes are set directly on you. But one thing you do recognize, the big, bright yellow fish eyes that you saw on the doppelganger when you fought it in the burning building. Oh, yeah. And then you see a smile crawl across the creature's face, and it lets out a roar. Can I get an initiative roll from everyone? On the plane of dream, this behemoth of writhing fury and darkness rushes down the street to face our dear adventurers. Its eyes glare with a hatred one would only know from nightmares and shadows that grow too long in the night. As it careens down the road, its sharp claws dig into the spectral cobblestones beneath it, and whispers fill the air, rising in a symphony of discordant madness, one that is all too familiar to our heroes. Throughout its imprisonment, this creature has searched and searched for the one responsible, the one who cursed it to this existence of torment and hunger, ripped it away from the delicious secrets of the tangible world, the Huntress and her little whelps. Deep within the raging eyes of this beast, we see two glimmers of blue ethereal light reflected back at us. In one eye, a swirling whirlwind of doubt and fear, the worry of a sister for her older brother, hoping someday he'll come back soon. In the other, a home deep, deep within the forest of the mountains burning to ash, a companion and their family lost among the blaze. And finally, a young boy standing among the ashes of that desecrated home, wishing the world was a bit better of a place than it is right now. As the beast's footsteps thunder through the dreamscape, we see threads of luminous color dance beneath its flesh. Its body, a writhing shadow sculpted from the secrets, identity, and desires that once belonged to others. Within its sights, a perfect meal, forged by desire itself. In the spectral streets ahead, a single figure stands, fists at the ready their body carved with luminous scars of golden light, weaved with the tales and memories of another. It's time for the master to feast. Hey everybody, thanks for tagging along on our adventure, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. This finale, it may be a three-parter. I've already started kind of slicing up all the parts of the next episode, and it's a little hard to tell where it's going to fall right now. So it'll either be a very long episode, or it's going to be split into two, which might be a little easier to digest. This combat gets real dangerous, folks. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, and there were some very poor rolls. Our song and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, respectively, which you can find in our episode description. You can also find them both on Bandcamp. Spread the word, and maybe leave us a rating or review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Oh, 
And don't forget, have a wonderful week. Our next episode should arrive on January 31st. So I'll see you soon. Thank you.